Now on Netflix. Inspired by the unbelievable true story of a fake hitman comes the new movie, Hitman, from Academy Award nominee Richard Linklater. At 96% certified fresh on Rotten Tomatoes, critics are calling Hitman a smart, sexy crime thriller with surprises at every turn. Starring Glenn Powell and Adria Arjona, Hitman. Now playing on Netflix and in select theaters. Rated R. We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night. Ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end... What will I become? Senwa Saga. Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. Welcome to Missing. I am Tim here today with Lance. Lance, how's it going today? I'm doing okay. Doing okay. Uh, it's uh, it's sort of wrapping up the week. We had a very busy week, um, and I love the fact that we got to speak with uh, the guest that we have on today at CrimeCon, so that's where this recording comes from. I hope everyone out there is doing wonderful, but Tim, really, seriously, how are you? I am very happy to bring this interview to our uh, audience today and we're going to end up running this on both feeds we, we spoke with david robinson who is the father of daniel robinson and daniel robinson's been missing since june 23rd 2021 out of buckeye arizona david and his team has really gotten out there with their social media reach and you can find them on twitter at please help find four and it's or you can just type in please help find Daniel. And he's really amassed a large uh, social media following, at least on Twitter anyway, um, in only about a year. Social media following as well as an incredible boots on the ground effort. When you go to the website, please help find You can do everything there from donate to submit tips to volunteer uh, with searching and organizational purposes. You can also sign the petition. You can also print up the flyer. And I think that's something that's been a little bit overlooked in David Robinson's search for his son is that you can, wherever you are in the world, go to this website, print the flyer, and put it everywhere that you can. And he says uh, how how moved he is that he, he knows that people all over the country are finding these flyers underneath their windshield wipers or, you know, tacked to uh, telephone poles and message boards. And when you look into Daniel's personality and what he was as a young man, you can see why David is so driven, not just because he's his son, but this is just a good human being. Uh, Daniel was a geologist. Uh, he had a bright future. He wanted to actually like make change happen um, and just a good person overall. 
Just to go over some details here, like you said, just to repeat, he was last seen in Buckeye, Arizona on June 23rd of last year, and he was driving his 2017 blue-gray Jeep Renegade heading west into the desert terrain. He was working at the time, and on July 19th, almost a month later, that vehicle was found by a rancher a little over two and a half miles from the work site that he had left from in a really remote part of the desert, and it was overturned. It was on its side. And the circumstances of this are extremely suspicious and mysterious. The vehicle was recovered. Some of Daniel's belongings were recovered, but Daniel has still not been found, and there hasn't been any real leads to figuring out where he is. Right, and we don't get that deep into the case with David uh, from CrimeCon. He emailed us a couple of days before the event, and we emailed him right back and scheduled a time to talk, but it's pretty hectic. I think about 5,000 people attended CrimeCon 2022 in Las Vegas, and uh, at one point, the, the hallway is kind of emptied. and uh, you can So you can hear some background noise, but uh, also we mentioned that we'll sort of pick this conversation back up with David at a later time in a more controlled environment. So if you've got any questions for David, please write them in the YouTube comments, put them on social media. We'll gather them and ask David next time. It sort of felt like a preliminary interview before we do our regular interview. And I think that that was really important, probably not intentional on our part until about halfway through. Personally, I started to realize this is a good primer interview to the, to the actual interview because David is so driven like laser focused to find Daniel and using his military training to coordinate searches, to create maps with grids, to uh, assign tasks to people like passing out flyers, uh, managing the social media, managing the websites. So there's so much more to talk about with him. And, and he's got so much to say about it. And it felt good to talk to him sort of like an icebreaker at CrimeCon. And he was gracious enough to stand with us there especially when the sessions were letting out and people started to sort of crowd around and, and pass by. and uh, But we, we plugged through it. And he was a pro and a gentleman, despite all of the circumstances. And personally, I was impressed with the fact that he, in a short period of time, looked at the concept of CrimeCon and decided that that would be the best place to publicly broadcast his mission to find his son. He took time off from the actual search to do that because he saw the power of what that uh, organization, that, that event can do, and the power of that community. So bravo to him for recognizing that. And if you were at CrimeCon and you know the story, it's now, I think, in a way, as it is for us, sort of your responsibility to help him. You know, you, you went to CrimeCon, you bought the ticket, you're an advocate. This is the next step. It, does, it just doesn't end when you leave CrimeCon. And sharing helps. David wants this story out there as far and wide as possible. Also, donating helps if you can. You can go to pleasehelpfinddaniel.com and you can donate right there. Again, you can volunteer and you can check out the sector map. It's pretty impressive to look at and to see what ground has been covered already. And you can also sign the petition on the site or you can print out a flyer and put that around town. Anything helps. So thanks a lot for listening, everybody. We really appreciate it. Please retweet and share. We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night. Ember hot and icy cold. 
The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end... What will I become? Senwa Saga. Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. We are here with David Robinson. How are you, David? Uh, I'm doing okay. Doing okay. Doing the best I can. Is a big step uh, coming to this conference, um, and you're speaking. Um, can you tell us about your uh, your decision to uh, to come here and speak? Oh uh, yes. Well, the first thing is, um, you know, I've been out there uh, searching for my son since June 26th. Uh, he went missing on June 23rd last year. Uh, the main goal is to try to get his name out there, uh, try to get his story out there. Uh, you know, things with story. Well, getting his, his name out there in the story brings in. Um, everything I need, like from uh, revenue to uh, awareness. If somebody's out there that know what happened to my son, they may say something. I, I don't even really know where to begin with this because it's uh, it's one of those we we talk about missing people a lot, uh, and we talk about ones that are you know you have cold cases that are ten years, fifteen years, twenty years old. Uh, this is not. This is just over ten months, and. Every so often, we get somebody who comes along who's just showing so much promise and uh, just drive. I mean, your son, can you talk about your son? Can you talk about Daniel and what he did and everything? Like, boy, he was a geologist. I mean, tell us a little bit about him. Yeah, um, Daniel, he's, uh, he's the youngest of, uh, of his siblings. Um, you know, Daniel's a guy that loved to challenge his siblings ever since he was little growing up. Uh, once he decided to do something, um, he would do it. Um, as you know, Daniel was born without a right hand, uh, but that didn't stop him from anything. Like I said, hey, he's, he challenges everything. He decided to go to college to become a, um, a geologist in his freshman year. He excelled that. He graduated with honors. Um, he came out to uh, Arizona to pursue his dreams. Uh, he loved Arizona, of course. What geologist place for geologist? Exactly where a geologist right. wants <laughs> so, to be. So um, you know, he's he's enjoying that, the hiking, the nature, the things like that. Um, very much loving his family. Uh, very family oriented. Oriented. Um, he comes out from uh, from Arizona back to home in South Carolina just to see his grandparents. Even through this COVID time, uh, Dan's that kind of guy that want to be around his family to see his grandparents, stand outside, but. Um, this this incident is very unfortunate because uh, uh, when my son went missing, uh, it's unlike him. You know, Daniel would not just leave without telling his family. We're really close, so we already know what, what happens whenever he decides to go somewhere. He do love to travel, but he always tell us, you know, so this is very hard. Yeah, I think that's one of the things that is so frustrating about this is that you do hear stories about people who are missing, and, and they were always in the habit of not telling people, like hikers and uh, people who would, you know, maybe go on excursions, and, and it was so frustrating because they would never leave notes. They would not tell people, and that really hurt any search, but that was not Daniel. He, he was very communicative with, with his family. That's that's pretty that's accurate, right? right? That's right. Uh, matter of fact, uh, just two days before he went missing, uh, me and my son, we have like our two-hour conversation. I already know it's going to happen, you know. Um, one thing about Daniel, he's very inquisitive. So anytime he uh, want to have answers and know what's going on, he, he calls his calls me. He calls his mother, uh, calls his siblings. So yeah, we just have that tight knit uh, type deal, and it's no way Daniel will want to be away from his family. And every picture you see, he's always looking confident and look, look he's got a smile. And I know, obviously, families aren't going to put pictures of their That's missing right. loved That's one, right. you know, right. looking upset. But right, right, I feel course. like he, it, just looking at him, I feel like it's not possible for somebody like him to 
even be in a bad mood? What was what was he like? Well, Daniel, he's like I said, he's a very friendly guy, very friendly guy. He's a founder, um, you know, at his uh, fraternity in the school, the College of Charleston. Um, he have tons of friends, tons of friends. You know, people that you talk to people about Daniel, they love him. Very people person, very people person. And uh, uh, like I say, very loving. Yeah. Um, just love people. Um, he don't judge. He's very um, don't have a judgment about people. So just, that's you know you may say I'm a little biased, but I am. <laughs> I'm supposed to be. I'm a father. Uh, but at the same time, yes, I know my son's uh, his character. Yeah. And how old is he? He's 25 now. 25. Okay, so he went to the College of Charleston and then moved out west? He sure did. Landed okay. his first job um, out there in Arizona, Phoenix. Okay, doing uh, geology? Geology, that's right. Very cool. Um, okay, and uh, tell us about what happened. Uh, how did he go missing? Well, um, you know, uh, from the story I was told, uh, there was a, one person at the uh, at a well site. My son is a geologist, but he also got hired on as a field geologist mm -hmm. um, and also called a hydrogeologist. What he do is uh, check the valuability of wells. Um, you know, communities in, uh, in Arizona have to have at least 100 years of water supply coming out of these wells. These wells have to be there. And uh, so his job is to determine that and also to find out uh, that the, rock, the water is even drinkable, you know, the rock settlements, you know, type of rocks and things like that. But that one morning, uh, he did uh, two well sites. Uh, he started off at the first one, it's around, roughly around 7 o'clock in the morning. Uh, he made it to the second well site, they say, uh, around 9. Uh, he had a conversation with the uh, other worker that was there. It's a worker from a company called Weber. And uh, that, that worker said he pretty much uh, had a 10-minute com conversation with them. And um, after that, my son just waved off, drove, and never been seen again. His, his car was found, though, right? Right, almost 30 days later, um, about three miles away from that, that uh, well site. Um, it was crashing into a ravine. Um, everything on his body, from his underwear, socks is on the ground in a towel. Everything was what? Everything from the ground. Everything that was on his body, uh, okay. from his underwear to his socks, was about three feet away from the uh, vehicle on the ground there in the pile. Um, the vehicle had two impressions in the windshield. Um, his his uh, work lap type of top, top was inside the, um, inside the vehicle, um, 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 his uh, backpack and things like that. But his cell phone also was inside the vehicle. Uh, two cases of water were still inside the vehicle, untouched. And uh, so those are things that made it really suspicious about what happened. And on this postcard, that's the... That's the vehicle there. Yeah. Right. That's right. That's where wow. it's about. And, and it seems like a very dry area. It doesn't really make much sense for uh, for cases of water we're in the car. And, you know, it's 118 degrees, 120 degrees out there um, that time of the year. Uh, and, uh, you know, uh, yeah, you'll think a person would take at least a, uh, a bottle of water. With them. Okay. Can you tell us about the official investigation into, into his disappearance? Well, uh, as far as I know, uh, there isn't no real investigation. Um, of course, you, as you may know or may not know, um, the, the vehicle was found on, on, on uh, July the 19th uh, by a rancher. Um, the police department the next day um, turned the vehicle over to me. So I had a possession of the vehicle. I had a possession of all the, everything you see at the scene. There was no investigation. So I started my own investigation um, ever since I came out here, uh, out there in Arizona. I, I'm in Arizona all the time, so <laughs> yeah. in my mind. Um, but, you know, was, ever since I've been in Arizona, I uh, started my own investigation and uh, um, hired my own PI uh, to work that investigation also. Uh, we found a lot of things like uh, left additional miles on the vehicle after it had been crashed. Uh, he's an accident reconstruction, so he said, hey, the, 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 the damage on the vehicle didn't match the terrain. Um, there's red transfer paint on the passenger side. That's nothing red in the desert. So anything, everything he found so far, um, it's a lot more to that detail, but everything he found would suggest that the vehicle crashed somewhere else and was brought there. Uh, so that's what we're looking at. Yeah, that's interesting. Um, 
and you said you you started your own investigation. Uh, if you don't mind, what what did you what do you do professionally, and how do you, as a father of a missing young man, train your brain to then think like an investigator and maybe even kind of detach from the personal relationship you have with the person missing? Right. I, I had to put on many hats. You know, of course, yeah. you know, my investigator hat, keep my father hat on, and also my military hat, I call it. Um, that's one of the things that I was able to do. You know, um, in the military, we'd, we're taught to never leave a battle buddy behind. This is my son. Yeah. I'm definitely not going to leave my son behind. Uh, so I want to make sure I'm out here in Arizona um, to search for him. At the same time, I know also through my military training, you have to uh, take your emotions and put those aside. you got to keep that mission first, and, and my son became my mission. So I stayed sharp with that. That helped me keep going. Keep, keep stay sharp, and at the same time, because of that, um, you know, I'm a father. I had to put my father hat on. I need to know what happened to my son. And when I feel like the, the law enforcement not going to do that, it's go, they fail at it, then I had to go find those answers myself. Yeah. yeah. Well, you do an amazing job on social media. We've been following your journey on social media. How long have you been in Arizona searching? Um, well, ever since the 26th of June. 26th of June, I got, came out to Arizona and uh, been out there since. Um, and searching. The first thing I did when I got out was talk to the co-workers. I worked with the Buckeye Police Department and um, also talked to the last person I see my son. You know, me personally as a father, mm-hmm. I had to look this guy in the, in the eye and he told me that my son just literally just drove off, waved and drove off, just disappeared and vanished, you know, thin air. I had to, had to ask him. That's one of the first things I had to make sure I do. But from that point on, just follow the leads. Um, a lot of tips was coming in. Hey, I think I've seen your son here. I think I've seen him there. Do a lot of traveling. Um, to try to follow those leads and see the credibility of them. Now, one of the, uh, I, I don't know if it was one of the latest uh, articles that I read, uh, talked about how there were two wells that you are um, hoping to look into. Uh, have you looked into those, and can you describe those a bit? Yes. Well, you know, of course, I, I, of course, I'll tell you guys, um, I, don't, I don't get no help from law enforcement. They don't come out to any of my searches. Uh, so I did uh, roll out to, uh, his name is Chief Hall uh, with the Buckeye Police Department. I did get the, uh, his department to come out to, to do a search of those wells. Um, they did. They came up the handed, but they came out through the week. Um, the, the equipment that they brought with them was uh, some cameras that came to the surface of the water. That well, this one well. They didn't do both wells. They did one, uh, not the one my son was missing that, but the one that's north of that. Uh, but they came to the surface of the water, um, you know, and then pull it back out. And say, hey, that's it. End of story. Uh, I, I, that was unacceptable to me. My my investigation goes deeper than that. Yeah. Uh, so I had to make sure I get a company that was able to take cameras inside the well, down to the bottom, and I was able to do that. So I, I got those two wells, my, the one where my son was missing to, and the one that's north of that place where he's missing. Then there was two more other wells there we thought was wells all the time. Kind of found out their minds. I'm in the process right now to get BLM, it's Bureau of Land Management, mm. authorization to go down in those uh, mines and check those. Do you find that you're pretty well um, received when you go to these organizations and you're asking for, uh, you know, camera equipment or somebody to go in and search a mine? Are they are they receptive to what you need? Well, the companies are. Yeah. Um, but you know, when it comes to law enforcement, it kind of switches a little bit. Uh, you know, they kind of be they work with you for a little while, and then after a while, you know, start kind of changing. So like just like BLM uh, Bureau of Land Management, they was very co- cooperative. Um, say, hey, look, this is where the mines are. Uh, when I started giving them coordinates and things, I found my son's vehicle was on, on federal land. Um, they kind of shut down, hey, you, know, you, know, you need to get your attorney to do this, or you need to get blah, 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 buck out to do that. So that type of deal. But um, I'm just waiting right now, and I'm still trying to push um, and get these things done. The owners of the wells, I mean, just throw this in. Owners of the wells was even cooperative. Um, they, you know, they get kind of weary a little bit. Hey, we want you out the well because of liabilities. 
So we had to provide, um, make sure we had insurance. Mm -hmm. and, um, and, the, and the thing was, I was able to get the companies that had to go down to those wells um, to get them a free inspection. And that helped out. So that got, got me what I wanted. And at the same time, they got what they wanted. Yeah. So, and sometimes you had to work those out. And I didn't even consider the fact that this is, you said it's federal property that the federal vehicle property. was found on. Right. Because it's right. a national park. I, I don't know if it's called a national no. park, but it's Bureau of Land Management. I Bureau, know. Okay, right, yeah. Right. right. So that's all like federal, right, federal property. Land. It is, right. To add another frustrating layer to it. It is. I, I, I talked to the FBI, of course. That's my whole main goal is to get the FBI involved in my son's case. Um, I went out there a couple of days ago and just pressed that. So I'm going to see what, what happens from that point. Good. How are the FBI uh, as far as uh, being receptive? It's uh, it's very difficult because you know I I know the FBI comes in only if they're invited uh, by the uh, the um, lead uh, I guess uh, department the jurisdiction or right the jurisdiction type stuff and um, one of the things was I can't definitely get Buckeye to do that for me um, lead I did ask um, under request uh, I sent another letter I always send these letters out to um, the, the chief of police uh, one of the letters I had there was was asking for the FBI uh, based on uh, the fact. You know, my searches, I've been doing this searches for over 30 some weeks now, and my searches have uh, found human remains, human skull, human remains, bring closer to other people's family. That suggests to me that area where my son went missing is a crime scene. You know, hey, this is crime scene, some of the stuff is on federal land. Y'all need to turn this case from a missing person to a possible criminal case, you know. I've been fighting for that. I mean, that's what I'm fighting for now. Just constantly fighting for it. I that. mean, you never expected that. That's right. You're finding other right. remains. Right. So something has to be accounted for there too. Right. Right. And you know, it, it's difficult. It's yeah. difficult. Yeah. Wow. It, it, how you think it messes with your mind? You know, what I'm saying my son is still missing. Um, you know, one of the things is I had to, uh, uh, you know, go to GoFundMe to. As, as help for the community. These are volunteers. These are normal, everyday people that's coming out there to help me out in searches. Uh, one of the biggest part is uh, now the searches used to be every every week. Now they cut down uh, to every other week. Now I had to put it on pause for now because of funding. Yeah. In my mind, it's very difficult as a father. Um, you know, because I found a human remains out there. Uh, to imagine that though, that certain area that I didn't get searched yet, my son could be there lying on the ground just like we we found those remains out there. So. It's very difficult mentally. What is your next step? I know you, you pause your search uh, and you're here. You, you came here while you paused your search, with, yes. which I feel like is, uh, is incredible, um, to be honest, that you, you've decided to uh, try a, a sort of a different tactic, That's right. at least you know, temporarily. I'm sure you want to get back out there. Yes. Um, wh what is it that will help you get back out there? Well, first I want to say I am still going out there alone. Yeah. Uh, you know, I have days I don't. Now's the days I go, security reasons why, uh, but I do go out there on the weekdays because um, I still have to keep my investigation going, still have to go search certain little areas on my own. I'm just one person, though. Uh, but the step that I have now is I, uh, because I've been doing this so long, I've run to other families, of course, uh, who are supportive, but they tell me their stories. Um, you know, you got other families out there, you'll never hear their names, never hear their stories. Um, I'm passionate about that. I grow passionate about that. It's not just about my family and what we're going through. is about other families too. So I founded. Um, I'm founder of uh, the Daniel Robinson Foundation. Uh, we just got that um, signed in right now. Everything's coming up on that. So the goal of that is to also use that to help help my searches for my son and at the same time help other families. I was just going to say that you have so quickly not only uh, actively engaged in an investigation for your own personal uh, tragedy, your own personal, um, you know, your son's missing, 
but you also saw almost immediately the need that this uh, is for other people. And it, it's, it's a need that no one really talks about because those people don't talk about it because no one's talked to them about it. Uh, an environment like this, people will talk about uh, these things. And I, I think regardless of any outcome, uh, what you've done with like training yourself to compartmentalize and say, here are my objectives, here are the hats I have to wear, I think that's huge for people who you're talking to who have missing loved ones, who can say like, okay, I didn't know how to approach it. It's been 10 years because I didn't know how to do it and it got overwhelming. I think you could really benefit a lot of people with, you know, you're, you're speaking later on. You got to know how many people are going to take a lot of uh, wisdom from what you say. That's right. You know, and that's one of the biggest things, like you said, uh, just the whole fact that you, uh, you know, run into other families, like I said, that have those uh, the same, same pain, same mm -hmm. as that pain. Uh, one of the things that I learned from myself is you got to share that, share what you know. Um, you know, I didn't have anybody to say, hey, you know, you're not a professional. Um, nobody have a, a playbook to say, hey, look, this is what you do whenever you have a missing person. If you don't have law enforcement helping or what, what do you do? And a lot of times you don't hear these families because this, they just don't know what to do. They don't know what the first step. They're just relying and, and take step back and say, hey, I'm depending on you to help me, you know. Uh, so my goal is also with the foundations to make a playbook for the families that so hey look this is what you do this is steps that i have done um you know get that get your, your person's name out there if the media drop your story create your own story get a youtube channel build yourself up but do something to put your person's name out there that's that's the goal i'm doing just try to get people steps to take um before, so they can get their person out there to be heard well it's really inspirational what you've done um on the ground and so you know, on social media do you have a gofundme for uh and, and uh, funding options for your foundation as well? Well, the foundation, not just yet. Um, like I said, we just filed it uh, uh, two days ago. And uh, so we're going to be working on that part of it. Uh, of course, we still got to get our uh, bylaws and things that uh, taken care of. Uh, but, you know, for, the, for the, uh, the efforts that I have been doing since I've been here since June 20th in, in Arizona. I still say been here because yeah. my mind always tells me I'm still in Arizona. I've been yeah. here so long Close. fighting yeah. for my son. But... <laughs> Um, you know, since I've been there, everything's been based on that. Um, you know, I'm a retired Army guy, you know what I'm saying? And uh, things been based on that. Um, yeah, uh, yeah. Being able to stay there in Arizona and, and get the equipment and things I need to do my searches properly. Yeah. Great. Yeah, I was going to ask how you can uh, do it with, without working, I guess. Like, uh, yeah, I mean, I imagine that must be insanely challenging. It, it is. Uh, that's why I'm saying I'm relying on the, um, the generosity of, of ordinary citizens. And they have been champions. Um, everybody who comes out to serve, they, are, they know. They're my family. I call them my yeah. standard family. You know, actually speak louder the words. People can say anything all the time, but... These people actually come out, literally, come out, I mean, out at home. They don't have to, yeah. but they do that. They're my families, my families, and they always have my back. We'd love to get you on the show in a more um, <laughs> controlled environment. It looks like they Let's just let out, <laughs> yeah, they just let out a, an event. But before it gets too loud, I just want to say that your website is uh, pleasehelpfinddaniel.com. You have Twitter at pleasehelpfind4, and that's a number four. Instagram is pleasehelpfinddaniel, and a tip line, 844-602-0660. And, and it's a paid, paid tip line, if I can throw this in. Uh, yeah. Paid tip line, pay that. Um, if you have live operators 24 hours, seven days a week, take their calls. Um, you can be anonymous, non-anonymous. And if a person don't want to talk to anybody at all, they can text the word tip to that number, and, and you can still be anon uh, anonymous. Totally anonymous. That's it. Okay. Have there been helpful tips that have come in so far? Yeah. Uh, matter of fact, um, just about three days ago now, um, there's a lead that I'm following uh, off a tilt, um, off of my Twitter comment session. I didn't see it at the time. 
Uh, but I'll have that, and I'll, I'll turn that over to the police department. They say they're going to look into it, but I'm definitely looking into it. So, yes, yes, it's been helpful. Great. Awesome. Well, helpful. I wish you the best in your, uh, in your uh, lecture today and in your search. Thank you. And once this all calms down and we're all home and we're in front of our, our microphones, we'll invite you back on if you want to come on. And yes, sir. Exactly. we can have a, a more detailed conversation and help get the word out there for, for really you and for Daniel that. and your family. Yes, Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time-consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting-edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did. To create this ad. To learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai. Have you made the switch to NYX? Millions of women have made the switch to the revolutionary period underwear from NYX. That's K-N-I-X. Period panties from NYX are like no other, making them the number one leak-proof underwear brand in North America. They're comfy, stylish, and absorbent, perfect for period protection from your lightest to your heaviest days. They look, feel, and machine wash just like regular underwear, but feature incognito protection that has you covered. You can shop sizes from extra small to 4XL. Choose from all kinds of colors, prints, and different styles, from bikinis to boy shorts, thongs to high-rise. You've got to try NYX. See why millions are ditching disposable, wasteful period products and have switched to NYX. Go to knix.com and get 15% off with promo code TRY15. That's Nix.com promo code TRY15 for 15% off life-changing period underwear. That's K-N-I-X dot com.